0: So we have the Lord's table here, and if you have been with us for many, many years, you know that we have the Lord's table uh, typically when we have five Sunday months, and then we have the Lord's table right at the time of Good Friday. And yet here we are, it's not a five Sunday month, and we're sharing in the Lord's table today. Why is that? Well, uh we just a couple of different things that have come into play. And let me let me start out by saying this before I introduce those things to you and just give you some thought on this. Before I do, let me let me just say, you know, there are moments in life, uh, Miles and Judy, they're they're heading back there now. I don't know if they're coming back up this way or not, but there are moments in life that are just kind of special intriguing moments that we have. I had a chance to visit with Miles yesterday, the first time since he came home, and in visiting with him, learned that uh, not only had they gone down to see uh, Jennifer and Jordan's new baby, who, of course, that's just wonderful for grandparents, but Miles was describing how there was going to be this uh, this installation, if you will, a change of command that included that included their son Jordan and as they drove to this place where they were going to have this installation miles said to Judy I've been here before I recognize this place and as it turns out they were at this same facility this teaching facility or whatever I don't know what you call it this command post and when Jordan graduated so he could move up and into this EOD work that he does when he graduated as an uh, explosive ordnance, hmm, I always forget the D, but explosive ordnance disposal. Thank you, explosive ordnance disposal. Um, basically, he's bomb squad. When he was moving along, he graduated from this school, and so they were there for that service. Well, now they were back, and he was being put in command of that post. And for the next 18 months, he is the guy in command of that post that they watched him graduate from however many years ago. And I just was talking to Miles. It was kind of a special moment as a dad to know he celebrated his son's promotion and now his son taking over that same same spot. So that's a pretty cool moment. Well, I say all of that because there are just times in life when God gives us unique and interesting moments. And we have one coming. Uh, we are one month away, basically, April 2nd, and you know, March 2nd is just Tuesday. We're one month away from a ministry that God began in right, literally right here around the Lord's table about 10 months ago now that he was moving for what's going to take place in another month. And as this has been developing, I've told you some of the stories that are behind it. In January of last year, while I'm having, uh, we, we spent an evening at my sister's after Lori's mom's funeral. The next morning, we're sitting with my sister before we hit the road to come home, and they always ask me about ministry and what's going on. And I said, Jude, I, I know something has to be different this year. And I've told you this story, so I'll be brief. Something has to be different. I don't know what it is, but when we get to our Lord's Table service in April, something has to be different. And I don't know what it is. You got any ideas. We talked about this. I said, I just know God is leading. Something's got to change. And... Uh, I described to her what what I was going through at that time, and I remember mentioning to her, I said, I don't know if in order to elevate the Lord's table, I had this thought, it, it had crossed my mind, maybe, because the Lord's table comes out of the Passover, maybe the possibility is we ought to do the Lord's table only once a year at Good Friday, so it stands out. And she, being a very devout Catholic, was like, oh, don't do that, Ger, because she will take the Lord's table five times a week because she goes every day to mass. So, oh no, you can't do that. That 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 would not be good. Uh, but I'd wondered how do we bring how do we bring new significance? And I thought maybe if it was only once a year, we would think of it more, and we would tie it to Passover more because that was another element of of what was going on. And the other question that I had was whether or not, in order to bring a, a greater significance to the Lord's table and our experience here as a church, is is it possible, rather than going to once a year, we ought to go to once a month. And as we are approaching what is what is happening here, it occurred to me some time ago, it might not hurt us just to try this. So part of what we're doing today is an experiment. We had the Lord's table at the end of last month. We're having it at the end of this month. We will have it at the end of next month. And then we will have it again on Good Friday. So I'm asking you to pay attention. How is this feeling for you? How is this wearing for you? Are you finding this to be encouraging? Are you finding this to be uplifting that we're, that we're going to do this for a few months together? And then when we get to our, to our summertime uh, congregational meeting, we can discuss it and see what people are feeling uh, our feeling about this uh, but also in preparation for the second tonight is going to be the first of five nights and if you if you read what was written here uh, you'll and I mentioned it before we're actually going to gather if you're open to it we're going to gather in preparation for what happens on the second now tonight will simply be our normal forward prayer initiative but certainly we'll be talking about and praying about this thing that's happening on april 2nd but each night in sunday now something else something new something fresh is going to happen and some of you remember sunday nights were normal you were in church every sunday night when i first came to an evangelical church that's what we did every sunday night we were in church now some of the younger kids probably going what church on a sunday night after a sunday morning was yep it was just normal it was just understood and it was great so we're going, you might say, well, we're going old school. You might say, well, we're going Lenten-style in that uh, we are in that season leading up to Easter where people, some people in some traditions, they set the season aside. They have special meetings to help prepare their hearts for that. I don't know what you want to call it, but we're calling it a Super Sundays Extravaganza or Spectacular, I think. We're going to take time. So you're welcome here every Sunday night now. Tonight for five Sundays... Um, at 6 o'clock. And I encourage you, if you would, to be here because it's going to help us all get prepared for something which is going to be very special. And that's why I began with the story about Miles and Judy. I am watching behind the scene, friends. I am watching something shape up that is going to be very special. Now, The way I just hooked my microphone and I'm without it right now reminds me there can be technological glitches. There's all sorts of things that at the last minute could be a problem. So I ask you to pray that the technology and everything holds up because this is going to be done over the internet. You will be able to either come here like you're gathered here now or some people are seated in their homes still and you can gather in your homes, have the elements with you, but you are going to be blessed. You are going to having experienced this with your brothers and sisters in Christ around the world, you're going to say that was a special moment, and you'll talk about it. And there will be people who are disappointed once they hear what went on. They'll say, man, I wish I had had the sense to take part in that, because it's going to be a special thing. Um, so I just, wanted to, I just wanted to encourage you with that. And um, just as we prepare our hearts now coming to the Lord's table, I want to... Share. come back to John 17. There is so much to plumb from John 17. In verse 20, we read this. The Lord Jesus Christ has been praying for his disciples, gathered around the table with him there in the upper room. And then he goes on to say this. He says, I do not pray for these alone, gathered around the table, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. He's looking down to the ministry that they will have and anticipates, knows that people will believe the gospel because of what goes out from them. And he prays for those future believers, which means he prayed for us. We are who he's praying for here. He says, for, for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. He prays that there will be a unity that takes place as we are one in Him. And then he says this, and I find this intriguing. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. The Lord Jesus Christ said He's given us glory that we might be in this unity. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. What a magnificent statement that he makes. At the outset of his prayer as he prays for us, He prays that this unity that we have in him and he in the Father, he prays that the world may believe that you sent me. And he repeats that afterwards. So he's he's actually said that twice. The goal here is that Christ might be known. I pray that the world may believe that you sent me. And he says, and the glory which you gave me I've given them. In Isaiah, twice, the Lord says, I will not share my glory with anyone. And here, Jesus Christ takes something so precious to God that he got from the Father and he passes it to us. How incredible is that? Now, this word glory, I find it to be an an interesting word, partly because I'm not sure how to get my arms around it when we read that in the, in the uh, birth narrative that the when the angels came and the glory of the lord shone round about them we get this idea of a physical emanation of light when peter writes about having been with two of the other disciples and jesus on the mount of transfiguration and he said we did not devise cunningly, cunningly devise fables when we describe to you the revelation of jesus christ and the glory that we saw there was this sense of an emanation that came from the lord jesus christ during that moment so they could see his they could see his glory if you will so there's in some cases there's that physical emanation but in other cases there's nothing physical about it sometimes here, here let me give you some dictionary definition splendor brightness that's one thing we we get that that's easy to perceive but then there's also places where the scripture uses the word glory and it means things such as amazing might praise honor greatness and these things are not things that you can see with your eyes as if light and that that's what kind of hit me this is kind of like trying to understand light itself. You know, the question that we learned in science class was, is light a wave or is light a particle? And the answer is, it's both. Light is both. And, and th- that always amazes me because I, I truly b- believe that we're going to understand a whole lot more one day when how God has worked when we understand light. We don't understand light well enough to understand the connection between the spiritual and the physical. But in this context of glory, it can either be a physical emanation or it can simply be an understanding as to the greatness of someone's being. Because glory uh, reflects, when we give glory to someone, what do we do? We magnify the, the essence of their being. We, we describe how great that it is when we give somebody glory. I thought it was so interesting this morning, that we began by singing, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. And it is. We can see the greatness of God by the world around us. We see that. And Jesus said, This glory, I've placed it upon those whom You've given Me, Father. We have received it. And we are brought together in unity within that glory. Within that greatness of who God is and the work that He is doing, think about that. It, it's as if it's, it's as if it's, it's covering over us right now as we are gathered here and when we are in our homes. His glory, and we are all enveloped in it. And with that, we are all enveloped into that unity that, as He describes, is His with the Father and the Father in Him and He in the Father. And now, when we are in Him, we get enveloped into that. And it's glory that has been given to us. It's an amazing thought and very hard for me to get my mind fully around it. But I think it's also interesting as he's discussing this question of glory, he then says, I and them and you and me, that they may be made, notice this, there's a purpose to it, that they may be made perfect in one. The idea of perfection has this idea of completeness. And here's where this, for me, gets so very fascinating as I've been contemplating this for weeks now. When we gather with our brothers and sisters around the world, there's going to be a completeness of this glory that ties us together. It's going to make us perfect because right now, we're gathered here. There are churches all over the world, individually gathered. And God's glory is individually on them and uniting them within that church. But on April 2nd, the church around the world in totality is going to be made perfect in, under, this, under this banner of glory that Christ has given to us. It's going to be a unique moment. That God gives us. Almost impossible to understand. I and them, you and me, that they may be made perfect, completing us in one. Now we're back to the request that He had, and this is why He's given the glory that the world may know that you have sent me. You see, friends, we, we live in a world that needs to know who Jesus Christ is in truth needs to know that He indeed has been sent by His Father. That's why He first prays for that and then says, I've given them glory that the world will know exactly what I'm praying for. So that as we have been together, one, we make a declaration of who Jesus is. You know we always finish, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the Lord's death till He comes. We will make that declaration. We will declare who Christ is in the sharing of the elements that he has come from the Father. But then we will also move out as God prompts us in acts of kindness to be very specific in helping people see who Christ is. That's going to be an amazing thing and it's going to be something we can all do. I and them, you and me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me, and notice where he finishes, and have loved them as you have loved me. What we are going to participate in here in just a moment here, and in another month, it is a declaration of God's love that he sent Jesus. I mean, what's the Bible verse that all kids know? We make sure everybody has it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It was God's love that sent him. God's love for us so that eternal life might be had by all who will receive him. And Jesus prays for that to be fulfilled here. And he gives us this special glory, this uniting glory, this uniting wonder, amazement, honor, this thing And he says, they're all going to be subsumed in it. It's going to perfect the work that I'm doing. And it's going to make me known. Because friends, that's ultimately our goal. Whether we talk locally, whether we talk around the world, our goal is to make Christ known. We're not out to make a name for ourselves. We're out to help a world in darkness to understand. God sent a Savior. And he will reach down and save every single soul who will receive him. And he is the only hope that this broken world has. What a wonderful privilege is ours to share that truth now and to share that truth in another month. And that's why we're trying to prepare for it. It's going to be such a special moment. We're going to take Sunday nights to prepare specially for it. If you're able to be with us, it'll be great. To have you so uh, Mandy I know you're gonna just do a little something here for us as we come to the table now and uh, she's gonna help us I want to want to just make this one clear statement that we try and do before asking people to uh, come and garner the elements for themselves Um, we're talking about what in these elements we're proclaiming what Christ has done on our behalf it means something to us we have we have received him as our savior we have understood that he died in our place on the cross and that's why we in obedience when he said do this in remembrance of me that's why we do this now here's here's what i'm just trying to say i don't know where you're at today i can't even see every one of you because of the lights that are on but if you have never received the lord jesus christ If you say, man, Gary, what you're talking about there is really foreign to me, I would like to suggest that you come to this very simple understanding is that each one of us is a sinner. The Bible says all have sinned. Come short of the glory of God. And that the only way we can be saved from that sin, the only way that that God has provided for that sin to be paid for, the only way is through the the shed of, blood of Jesus Christ, His body broken, His blood shed. That's it. You look through all of Scripture and you will find that all points to Him. It all points to His cross. And so we remember that. The way we enter into it is by faith, who as many as received Him. He gave the power to become the children of God. So if you've never received Him and recognize I'm a sinner and understand what we're saying, that these elements represent Christ who died for you as your only hope, then today is a day when you can receive him simply by faith, confessing. You know, there's a profession, a confession and a profession. The confession is, Lord, I'm a sinner. The profession is, you're my only hope and I call out to you now. And if you do that, Jesus Christ will enter into your life and he will save every sinner who says, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner and I am hopeless without you. Please be my savior. Come in and change me. And he will.